630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The NHL is back from the All-Star break with a 12-pack of games. Cam Talbot says the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. Do you believe? Adam Larson is out on Thursday when the Oilers host the Avs and the Super Bowl. Are you sick of seeing Tom Brady? Do you care at all about Nick Foles? What is the big storyline heading into this game? It doesn't seem like anyone's talking about it. Brennan Ulrich with you on Inside Sports. I was a guest on the show last night with Reed Wilkins. At that time, you could tell Reed was fighting it a bit. He is on the DL tonight, so I'm in the big chair. He'll be back tomorrow hosting Inside Sports. But uh, very excited to uh, host the show tonight and excited to talk to our leadoff guest here. It's Kelly Rudy, who's out in Calgary right now. The Flames getting set to host the Vegas Golden Knights this evening. Kelly, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Brendan. The good thing is about uh, you following uh, a read. Uh, we all hope it gets better quickly. At least you don't have big shoes to fill. It's <laughs> like you're filling in for a big personality or anybody that's good at his job. So this is pretty. Got to be pretty. Uh, not very stressful for, for you. Uh, I would have to disagree with that. Reed's a great uh, host, but you know what? <laughs> I know he's listening right now, so uh, we'll have some fun with that one. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is the first time I've hosted the show before, but I've never actually had a chance to talk to you on this show, Kelly, so looking forward to that. Uh, are you getting set for the big game tonight, though? What's uh, going on there in Calgary? You know what? I'm not. In fact, uh, I get the uh, luxury of having the night off, which is one of my rare nights uh, because I went to Tampa for the All-Star weekend, and I didn't get back till late last night because of travel difficulties in Toronto and so on. And Getting back to Alberta from Florida is not the easiest thing in the world. So I kind of had an idea it was going to be a tough travel day. So I asked for the night off, uh, but uh, I'm certainly going to be watching it. Cassie campbell Pascal will fill in beautifully for me. So uh, it all works out great. Well, the last time uh, the Oilers played was against the Flames, and uh, it was quite the Battle of Alberta, Kelly. We know how it ended there in overtime, the whole Connor McDavid uh, pointing at the official um, after the goaltender interference call. Ryan Strom, of course, scoring the goal, but it was called back. And you're a former NHL goaltender. You know I'm going to ask you about that. Uh, and then over the weekend, you said you're at the All-Star game, so you likely heard what Gary Bettman had to say about goaltender interference. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on... Uh, that goal getting called back in overtime, the way McDavid handled it, and uh, the fact that, you know, you have Cam Talbot after that game saying he has no idea what goaltender interference is anymore. Well, nor do I. Um, that's been basically the thing for the last couple of years because of all the calls in the National Hockey League, I think that one is the most where it's all about personal feelings or or we all have our own sort of interpretation what goaltender interference is. So I would agree with Talbot. 100%. And I think that all of us, when we have these discussions, you know, we're all sitting around with our buddies, and there's nobody can come to a conclusive answer about this. Uh, 
I do kind of like the way in which uh, the NHL gathered this weekend with a bunch of executives, with Bill Daly, with Gary Bettman, with some of the officials to try and let's make sure we're not trying to work too hard to find reasons why it is goalie interference or to take away some goals. So I think in some of these, it it just looks pretty evident that it's goaltender interference, but I've said all along, um, I don't have any problem with uh, incidental contact, but that goes both ways. So I don't want the goaltenders to be a simple target that the forwards have an opportunity, or the skaters, I guess, have an opportunity to go in there and create some sort of ruckus or some, uh, you know, disrupt their crease movement uh, without the goaltenders having a chance to whack every once in a while and get their blows in, though, too, because I think that that was kind of what we all liked about the, the game back in the 80s and 90s when there was a little skirmish in front. The goalies got involved, the skaters were involved, and we don't want it to get to the point where it was back then, Brendan, because it was almost open season, but there has to be some sort of uh, middle ground there or or some way in which there's a little bit of jousting and yet it doesn't really interfere or have anything to do with the goals going in. Well, I guess, uh, you know, Bettman, what he had to say, I like what he had to say, and uh, we'll see, I guess, is it sort of a Band-Aid type uh, solution or once we get to the playoffs, are we going to see more uh, cases like we saw uh, the other night in the Battle of Alberta? And it makes me think back to the playoffs last year when uh, Kessler was all over, you know, Talbot throughout the playoffs uh, as well. So I don't know. I guess long-term, where do you think uh, this needs to uh, go in terms for the NHL to fix it? they just get rid of the challenge completely? No, I, I like it. See, and I know here's the other thing. Uh, that would contradict most of the people or my friends in the industry. Most mm-hmm. of the people that I work with don't like the challenge. I, I don't mind it. And if it takes two minutes to get something right, I'm cool with that. I, I don't have a problem with that. I guess it's just the interpretation that we're or at least I'm a little puzzled by. Um, so, and I, I understand that people, most of the people in my industry don't like the offside challenge as well. I'm okay with it. So I'm one of these guys that I don't really find that to be too disruptive in the game. Um, and I understand uh, the one that really gets me, though, is just the breaking the plane. And, and then, yes. you know, you get people talking about for offside, of course, and then, when the guy lifts his back skate, is there a potential for injury? Well, I suppose so, but I don't know if that's really been much of an issue. I can't recall many times a uh, severe injury coming from a uh, cut off a guy's skate blade entering the offensive zone. So, I don't know. I just I hope they get maybe a little bit more clarity here, but I really don't have too many problems with the way, the, in which the, way uh, the game is called and the direction of the game. Well, we'll leave it at that for now. I suspect that won't be the last time we're talking about goaltender interference, though, prior right. to uh, the season concluding. Uh, while we're talking about Talbot here, did you hear his comments uh, with Mark Spector or read the article where he said that uh, he believes the Oilers are going to make the playoffs? And uh, I know you played it in the NHL for a long time, but uh, for a goalie to say that, I guess, showing confidence in the team, do you like the way he handled that, I guess? they need to believe in something here with 33 games left in the season, despite the task being uh, a very uh, tall order. Oh, I love it. And I wouldn't expect anything less. And I wouldn't even expect any kind of hesitation. Uh, I wouldn't expect, uh, well, it's going to be awfully difficult. We're going to need some breaks. You know, at that point, when you still have 30 games left, you've got to believe completely. And you have to believe not only in yourself, but you have to believe in your teammates and, uh, 
it's unequivocal. You have to believe. And so for me, when I heard that, I was not surprised. Uh, I, I think that that shows some sort of leadership and that he's not giving in to any of the feelings or uh, the circumstances. So I think uh, starting uh, for the next game, this is uh, the right attitude. Having said that, I guess, uh, do you believe that there is a chance, uh, your personal opinion, that the Oilers can get back into it? At times, I do. Uh, when I watch them at certain times, like that Calgary game to finish off the, uh, uh, or to go into the break, if they play that kind of hockey, yes. And there are a couple of examples in the last few years where teams have gone on these remarkable runs. Uh, Ottawa a couple of years ago, even Calgary last year, where they went mm-hmm. 17 and 5, I believe, in the last little stretch to propel themselves in. So, yes, my feeling is that you can, but the problem is. The only reason I would hesitate for the Oilers is that when sometimes, like when Buffalo comes to town and you're not prepared and you take somebody lightly, then you're in big, big trouble. So there are many times during this season where I still think they have a chance and other times where you kind of shake your head and go, not a chance. Well, it's interesting that Talbot says that, and then you mentioned the Sens run uh, back in 14-15. That was when Andrew Hammond went on a ridiculous run to finish the year, 21-2 is record, a point nine for one save percentage. So I guess it will need to start in goal with a Talbot if it does happen for the Oilers. Uh, let's uh, switch focus to the Calgary Flames here quickly. The big story in Calgary is uh, Yarmer Yager going on waivers and uh, going unclaimed, and now he's uh, going back to the Czech Republic. Uh I guess you've been around the Flames all season, and it, it's tough to see Yager's NHL career, I guess, end like this. But maybe, you know, the Flames can now move forward. Is it, I guess, a good way to, to end this for the Flames, despite the fact that it is Yager? He's a legend. It's tough to see him go. But they had no choice. It just wasn't working out, and it didn't appear as though Yager was going to be healthy enough to get back into the lineup to help him in any real manner. So the, the thing is about Yager. Uh, when he first came here, as everybody knows, he missed training camp then got a little bit dinged up. Then when he came back, he was actually quite effective for, I'm going to say, I don't know, about a six or eight game stretch. But the one thing, everybody talks about his skating, I guess he was dealing with a bit of a knee issue and so on. But the one thing that really surprised me more than anything, Brendan, is that he was starting to lose his hands. I mean, I can't recall how many times this season where he'd be uh, coming through the neutral zone carrying the puck and there's a tiny bit of pressure, and all of a sudden he goes to make a pretty simple move, and the puck would just slide off his stick. And that happened, geez, and I don't think this is an exaggeration, 10 or 12 times a game, and and we never used to see that. So to me, that was as troubling as the skating and uh, the injuries, the lower body injuries, because you know once the hands start to go, then you're in big trouble if you don't have both. Yeah, no doubt, and it's uh, tough to see his career go or come to a close here. Where would you uh, rank him, I guess, all-time, Kelly? Oh, boy, he's got to be right up there. Uh, he's got to be, and the players that I watched and played against, he's going to have to be in the top five for sure. I mean, when you're, you're thinking about Wayne, Mario, Nassier, uh Iserman, so he's all in that same category with just the very, very special, I guess, that whole group, there's about 10 of the guys that are very, very unique and uh, separated themselves completely from everybody else. 
Wanted to ask you about uh, this game tonight as well, uh, Calgary and the Golden Knights. Uh, the Flames, what are they, 7-0-4, I believe, in their last 11 heading into this game, so that's a yep. little bit strange, but uh, they're still picking up points and uh, competing for that final uh, playoff spot in the uh, in the Pacific Division. But this Vegas team, the talk of the NHL so far at the All-Star break, how do the Flames match up against this team tonight? Uh, well, first of all, I think you have to keep in mind that it's going to be a quick game. Um, and I, I know everybody talks about the speed of Vegas, and, and that's that's pretty accurate. But the other thing is, uh, and a, an NHL scout reminded me of this, is as much as it's how they want to play, they, they just play that way. Like, they're, they're not every single guy is not speedy on that team, but they just play fast, and they defend fast, and Gallant is done a great job they don't have a number one line of course but they've got three really good lines and they've got a dependable fourth line so Gallant is getting a lot of mileage out of that uh a young defense that uh i really like and their goaltender not only is he an excellent goaltender mark andre Fleury, is about as the most likable guy you'll ever run into in the industry yeah, and with Flurry, I, I like their chances of maybe going on a playoff run as well. We'll have to well, wait and see, but uh, with Flurry and goal, I think he was basically the reason that uh, the the Pens beat the Caps last uh, year in the playoffs. I know oh, Murray yeah. came in at the end and closed it out, but uh, he was really good. Oh, yeah, he was. And, in fact, uh, coming back from Tampa, uh, he was my MVP of the uh, weekend. Um, you know, Brock Besser got all the attention. Uh, for good reason, he played well also. But I thought uh, Mark Andre Fleury stole the show for his team. I know it's a little bit difficult under that format to give the goaltender the MVP because he only played half the time. But I thought that uh, had it not been for him, they would have been behind uh, by quite a bit in both uh, games they played. What did you think of that uh, save streak challenge, the new event uh, in the skills competition? That's uh, interesting. I, I, you know, uh, uh, I didn't mind it. Like I. I know everybody complains about All-Star Weekend. I got to tell you, Brendan, this was uh, maybe the most fun and interesting one that I've been around. Last year was great in L.A., too, because of the, uh, the top 100. But I found the last two with the format, the three-on-three, three, uh, you can't take your eyes off it. Like, seriously, uh, it used to be that the NHL All-Star game was, was terrible. But now that it's three-on-three, three, I mean, the guys are even trying. I mean, you look at the game on Sunday, and, and we even talked about it. There are guys playing defense and good sticks and trying to break up plays, and that just never used to happen. So I'm, I really think they're on to something. And the other thing is, lastly, Brendan, about the All-Star weekend, I think sometimes all of us that are in the industry just overthink it. We want to find ways to improve it and all that. It's pretty darn good. The fans in the building were having a great time in Tampa, so... If they're having a great time, I think that we should just leave it alone. That's exactly it. I agree with you 100% there. I can't wait for this to come to Edmonton, Edmonton yeah. here in the in the near future once they get the ice district done. It will likely be here in a couple seasons, and I'll be yep. down there taking part in the entire weekend, so I can't wait for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, surprisingly, I still haven't been to uh, your new arena in Edmonton. i got to go. I, I won't be going for any hockey games because you guys have your own great uh, broadcast crew, but Hopefully my wife and I can head up to Edmonton and catch in a couple of concerts or something. Well, yeah, there's uh, some big ones coming up. They're always, I think the Eagles are here coming up. Might, that might be up your alley. I don't know what kind of music you listen oh, to. Oh, I but... love that. In fact, I, when I got home last night, I was watching YouTube with John Henley and the Eagles and all that. But the problem is I believe I checked the schedule already, and I could be mistaken, but I, if I'm 
not. I think it's in May, and I'll be I'll be in Toronto for the NHL playoffs, so that's not going to work for me. Well, you'll get down here soon enough. Thanks for taking some time tonight, Kelly. Hopefully we'll get a chance to do this soon, uh, someday down the road. Okay, have fun tonight, Brendan. See you, bud. That's Kelly Rudy. Hockey Night in Canada, Calgary Flames TV analyst as well, joins us once a week here on Inside Sports. Brennan Ulrich with you tonight in for Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports, brought to you in part by Edmonton's Furnace Replacement Experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. We'll take a timeout. We have Rob Brown around the corner at 6.30, Morley Scott at 7 o'clock to talk about the Super Bowl, lack of excitement. Is it because it's Tom Brady again? Because I think that's playing a big part in it. I don't hear anyone talking about the Super Bowl. What do you think about Cam Talbot? saying the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. Text us 630-630. Do you believe? We also have Stan Marple, the Golden Bears GM at 730 on Inside Sports as well. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Riley bringing us back. Brennan Ulrich with you. This is Inside Sports. Reed Wilkins on the one-day DL. I think uh, he hurt himself lifting uh, too much with the leg press at the gym the other day. <laughs> you could tell after uh, working out when he was hosting last night, he was feeling a little bit under the weather, and I'm sure uh, that leg press took a lot out of him. But uh, happy to fill in tonight for Reed. He'll be back tomorrow. Brian says, where's Reed? I apologize for saying Game of Thrones sucks. Well, you're 100% wrong on that one, Brian. Love Game of Thrones. He also says Gaudreau plays like a girl. Never mind, I take that back. Our girls are awesome. Well, I'll take Gaudreau on my team any day of the week. Two missed storylines this season with the Super Bowl. We could have had a home team play in their house. Yes, that's one of the reasons I think there isn't a big storyline. That could have been the case with uh, the Vikings losing out. And we could have had an all-Pennsylvania matchup if uh, it was Philly versus Pittsburgh. That would have been outstanding despite my hate for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I also would have uh, taken Blake Bortles against Nick Foles over Tom Brady once again. He already has the most Super Bowl rings. Let someone else get one. I'm sick of it. And Media Week, the lead up to Super Bowl is all boring because it's the same storylines of the Patriots every year. And they're likely going to defeat the Eagles on Sunday. We'll talk more about that. Rob Brown after the 6.30 news to talk about Cam Talbot saying the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. Do you believe? We'll hit on that with Rob next. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6.30 Chad. Back here on Inside Sports, Kellen bringing us back with uh, CM Punk's old music. Is that correct? Well, it's current music if you're yeah, a uh, UFC music, fan. That's right. Hey, Dana says he's got one more fight left. We'll see. Yes, I believe we used up all our wrestling talk for the year on Inside Sports last night when Reed had me as a guest on the program to talk about the Royal Rumble, so we won't talk about it too much. Today. As a longtime wrestling fan, that was painful to listen to because <laughs> Reed just didn't get it one second. You could just tell, just, in, just like his mind was yeah, melting. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's okay. He, he at least uh, was open to the idea of talking about it. 
So we tried. We yes. tried. One day we'll convert them. Uh, Rob Brown joins us on the phone line. Rob uh, was out skiing recently. Uh, he's back in Edmonton. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing very good. How are you guys doing tonight? Not bad at all. How was the skiing? Skiing was good. Skiing was a lot of fun. I, I really like this mid-season break to keep giving the Oilers. It gives <laughs> yeah, me lots of time to go do other things. Yeah, I know. The Oilers probably don't like it. Too. Well, I, I'm sure they like it, but I don't think Todd McClellan likes it a whole lot because he needs to keep getting the team uh, you know, back to back focused on the task at hand here with 33 games I guess left in the regular season so it'll be interesting to see how they uh, come out of the all-star break on Thursday uh, NHL back tonight with 12 games but the Oilers don't get to play again until Thursday uh, I guess when you look at the schedule we all saw to the start of the season we, we thought it was a little uh, quirky but uh, it must be tough I guess for the players to sort of you know it's like you're up to play then you're down for uh, some time off, like how do you get uh, mentally prepared? I guess to get back to game action. Well, it, it's tough finding the focus. I mean, we saw after the Christmas break when you go into a break and you're playing really well, you don't want the break to happen, and you can try to protect it. You can talk about it. You can and discuss everything that you need to do to come out, but it's just not the same. And when you're playing well, you do not want to take time off because the, the momentum leaves you. Uh, the players, you know, obviously they like breaks, but I know that from when we played, when you had one day off and you came back two days later, you know, you were rusty and it affected you. When you have what the others have had as of late, where they've had four or five days off here and another four days off there, it does affect your timing. It affects your conditioning. I mean, these guys are used to going 27, 28 days a month. You usually get, you know, a couple of days, two days, three days at most off a month. And so their body's in tune to that. When they get this much time off, it, it affects them. Now, down the road, if the Oilers were to make the playoffs and go on a run, huge benefit getting this kind of rest now. Another benefit is right now, if you've got an injured player like a Ryan New, Jim Hopkins, you know, if he's out six weeks and you know, a week and a half or ten days of those were on days off here, well, that helps. You don't miss as many hockey games. Just if The timing sucks. The fact that they have the two breaks side-by-side side hurts them. And it also, when you, the season isn't any longer from September or from October to April. So when you're having these long breaks, that means you're condensing the schedule somewhere else. And that's where it hurts you because now you're playing three and four or, or more back-to-back games. And those are the tougher ones on the body. Well, you did hit on the playoffs there. Did you hear what Cam Talbot had to say with uh, Mark Spector? He basically said, uh, Rob, that uh, the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. Well, I would hope he'd say that. If he said anything else, I'd be very disappointed um i I mean i i I said at the beginning of the season the others were going to make the playoffs and and i'm still saying that simply because i'm not going to be every time the others win three in a row all the press starts talking about the fact you know what they got a chance and then they lose to buffalo well they're done and then they beat calgary well it gives them hope i'm like you can't every time they win or lose a game decide they're going to make or not make the playoffs so i said they'd make it the beginning of the year i'm going to say they're still going to make it I would hope that the players have that belief because as soon as the belief leaves the dressing room, you're really going to notice on the ice. And we've seen seasons gone by here where the belief left the dressing room and it was tough sledding the last month and a half, two months of the hockey season. So the Oilers know what they did last year. They know the kind of success they had at the end of the season. That's something that they can certainly draw from going, I think it was 12-2 and the end of the year. That's the kind of run they need to have. And right now they've got a start of one of those going. Is it four and five right now they've won? Uh, if they can continue that, 
uh, over the next little while. If they, if they can get to 10 out of 12, they're going to be playing some division teams right away. And they can move up in the standings. Now, it's a long shot, yes. And the hard part for the Oilers, if they were chasing one team, then their, the, the belief would be a lot bigger. But when you got to, excuse me, when you got to jump over six teams, that's what makes it hard because you need all six teams to crash here. And it's going to be hard for that to happen. Yeah, I'm happy they believe. Ten points out entering play tonight. Uh, Colorado is playing, though, so that could change. The Ducks are up tonight as well. Another team they're trying to uh, chase. Dallas is playing tonight. Minnesota is playing, so might be 12 points by the end of the night. But uh, So they're on pace right now, I guess, for 79 points, Rob. They need to get to uh, 95 or more, most likely. Um, maybe even 97. I d- did some digging here. According to sportsclubstats.com, if they go 22-7-4 to get to 95 points, they would still just have a 55.2% chance to make it. So everyone's saying 95, 95, 95 gets them in. That's just a 50% chance. So if they get to 97 points, uh, the percentage goes up to 74.1. So let's say they need to get to 97 to be guaranteed a spot. That's 23-7-3 the rest of the way. Is that at all possible? Well, it's possible. Have you seen, I guess, something like that in your playing days or a run like well, that you recall personally? I, I, I've, seen, I've seen teams go on runs like that and, and normally it's a team that's pretty good in the standings already and that's why they're at, uh, where they are in the standings. I mean, the Calgary Flames had a great finish last year that put them into the playoffs. Uh, it, it certainly is possible and, and that's what the, the dressing room is like right now. They're, they're taking one game at a time if they like the way they're playing, take out one game of the last, you know, seven, the, the Buffalo game. Uh, They've got to get the swagger back. And if they get the swagger back, it'll translate on the ice. To get the swagger back, you've got to win a few games. They've done that. If they beat Colorado, that's five out of six. And now they're thinking of going into, I think right after that, they go into a, a Western Road swing, and that's where you need your swagger because it's the Anaheims, the L.A.'s, the San Jose's, those are the teams you got to try to reel in. Because I think for them to have a realistic chance of making the playoffs, I believe it's going to have to be in a division spot. I just think there's too many teams to hop over when it comes to the wild card. So they've got to catch either San Jose or L.A. or Calgary to take out one of the division spots. So uh, they're gonna have, they've got a good record in their division. They're going to have to continue it. Is it possible? Absolutely. Is it probable? Absolutely not. It starts with belief amongst the players, and Cam Talbot came out and spoke about that, and you want to hear that. Is there maybe an X factor on this roster that you think can maybe uh, get going here in the final 33 games, going a bit of a run to help this team? We saw some secondary scoring against the against the Calgary Flames last time out. Strom had two assists. Cassian scored. Davidson scored twice. Poliarvi chipped in with an assist. Is there a guy on this roster that you think... Uh, maybe we'll up his game here in the final 33 that could help the Oilers uh, get on the run. Like, I guess what I'm saying is it can't just be McDavid here down the stretch. No, it can't. Well, to me, it, it's not on McDavid. If the, if the Edmonton Oilers have any hope, any hope of making the playoffs or making the run, it's on the back of Cam Talbot. I mean, Connor McDavid is fairly consistent. He's going to give you more or less the same every single night. That we, that's what we've seen since he's been here. Uh, he, he's got a good opportunity again to win the scoring title. He could win the scoring title, and the others could miss the playoffs. But if Cam Talbot plays the remainder of the season like he did last year, and, and I think part of the reason that uh, the expectations haven't been met this year is Cam Tal- Talbot hit a lot of the warts on this team last year. The others' record was fantastic, but there were a lot of nights that it was on the back of Talbot. 
he, he, he made the saves that you didn't expect. Uh, he kept the team in games that they weren't playing their best. And then in third periods, uh, a dry saddle or a McDavid or at that time the Oilers' power play would come up with a big goal. So for me, the, the only way that this team makes the playoffs is if Cam Talbot plays like he did last year. That is the only chance they have of making a playoffs. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, in fourteen fifteen, the Sens went on a crazy run uh, after the All Star break. Andrew Hammond that year twenty one and two, Rob, with a point nine four one save percentage. So maybe Talbot needs to look at those numbers and do something similar. Well, he certainly does, and Cam Talbot is a much better goaltender than Andrew Hammond. Yeah. So it, it, it's possible. It certainly is. Um, I mean, Connor McDavid is going to be Connor, and obviously you need secondary scoring. And you need some of the players on the back end, like the Larsons and the Clefbaum and the Sacra, to play like they did last year. But all those guys can do everything that they did last year. And if Cam Talbot doesn't play the same, well, then they have no chance. But those players can still struggle, and Cam Talbot plays like he did last year, they have a chance. So we, we saw last year, obviously, what a great goaltender can do for a team. They need him to be great again. Talk to me about uh, one of your former teammates, Yarmer Yager, his uh, career in the NHL coming to an end. Uh, the Flames placed him on waivers, and uh, he's going back to the Czech Republic. I guess he could. He hasn't really announced his retirement, so maybe he'll want to uh, come back next year. We'll see what happens there. But uh, uh, it looks like his NHL career is over. Um, you had a chance to play with him, play against him. Where does he rank uh, amongst the all-time greats? Well, he's certainly up there. Um, I think that when he was uh, at his best, I mean, he was dominant. And he played the game different than a lot of the other superstars that have come through. He was a guy that wasn't a player that did most of his damage off the rush. He did most of his damage when he got in the offensive zone. I remember playing with him in, in Pittsburgh, and he says, if, if, if there's two guys on me, don't come help me, because that means you're open. So he, he tried to draw players because he was so strong and so good at protecting the puck. One guy couldn't contain him, so they'd always send a second, and he knew which player was open then, and that's when he made the pass. So, yeah, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, a unanimous decision for him to go into the Hall of Fame. It's funny, I was just skiing in Vail, Colorado, and I saw the traveling Jaegers. They were all walking through really? the, the village, all with their jerseys on. They, all had, they didn't have their mullets that day, but they all had their jerseys on. I'm like, hey, that's kind of funny. They're everywhere, these guys. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he is one of the greats that have ever played. Uh, the one thing you're sad about, because you, you never want to see a player stay a little too long because you don't want to dampen what, what, what that player has accomplished in their career. And what he's accomplished, Yarmir, is, you know, there's very few that can, can, you can put on the same pedestal as Yarmir Yager. So, uh, actually, I wish they would have. He would have got waived a little earlier, and maybe we could have seen him in the Olympics to finish off his career. But uh, he's a good kid, and it was a, a privilege to play with him. And it's been a lot of fun over the final few years of his his career, watching him finish it off. Well, I, that was early in his career, I guess, when you played with him. But do you did you sense at that time just his love for the game? Because clearly, the reason he didn't want to let it go is because he loved to play still. Uh, no, I didn't sense that. He <laughs> because guy, he changed a little bit, I guess, throughout the years. He changed a lot. Uh, he was, uh, I, it was funny, when, a few years back, there was a lot of articles being written that Oilers should go get a Yarmir Yager. You know, he's a great team leader. And I'm like, hey, well, yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. He, I mean, when the, he, he, he would decide the way the stock market was going, whether or not he'd come on the ice for practice or not. 
if it was a bad day in the stock market, Yarmy usually <laughs> took those days off and sat and watched the ticker. Good days he was out there practicing. So, uh, no, I, I, I knew that he loved the game. I don't think he was uh, the leader that he became later in his career. I don't think he put in the uh, the same kind of kind of effort. And I think he just he matures. All players do. I had him when he was young, and you think you're a world beater at that point. Uh, you, you, I don't think you have the healthy respect and appreciation of where you are. And then as you get older, you start thinking, oh, how lucky I am. I don't want to lose this. I don't want it to go away. And a lot of players become more respectful of the game, more respectful of themselves. And I think Yarmir did that, and obviously he did it well enough that he, he carried on into his mid-40s. Uh we're going to talk with Morley Scott after the 7 o'clock news about the Super Bowl. Um, I know you're an NFL guy, Rob. I know you like football, but are you excited for this game at all? It seems like no one's really talking about it. Well, I'm excited because I'm a Pats fan. So. Oh, yeah, I forgot you're a Pats fan. I'm okay, a Pats that fan, makes so I'm sense. certainly excited. But I, <laughs> well, see, I am. I, if I you're was, a Pats fan, yes. If you're not, you're sick of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and you don't really care <laughs> about the game. Uh, that, that could be true. <laughs> I, and I, I believe that. I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Philadelphia is good. Um I watched the, the the New Orleans game. I'm still in shock that that game ended the way it did. But there's been, I think, the playoffs have been fantastic this year. The only hard thing about the NFL is the the two week break. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, all, all of a sudden, you, you got the last that last playoff weekend was so awesome. The games were so great, and then you got two week lull, and so many other things happen in those two weeks that you sometimes uh, you you forget. So, yeah, no, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm certainly going to watch it and. I'll have my Pats jersey on, and I'll be cheering for for those underdog Bill Belichick and underdog Brady that never get any talk because yeah. no one knows who they are. Um, but I, I expect a good game, and I, I also do love an underdog. And if Philly were to to upset them, I mean, I'd be pretty excited. Other than the fact that I'm not a huge fan of the Philly fans, but uh, there's a lot. It's a pretty cool story what Philadelphia's put together, considering it's their backup quarterback that's come on and taken them to the finals. Yeah, nice to see them rally behind him, but it would have been way better if it was Brady versus Wentz because it's like, okay, you have the best of all time against uh, the future. I would have rather have seen that. We know what Foles is. I don't think all of a sudden next year he's going to win the league MVP even if he wins this game or anything like that where Wentz was having an outstanding season. Well, he was actually, there was a lot of talk he might have been the MVP before he got injured. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, 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 what you love about any sort of championship in, in, in any sport, and I, whether it's rugby or soccer, anything comes on at the championship, I watch it. But it, to me, it's the stories, and there's some really cool stories coming out of Philadelphia, and I, I honestly don't think anybody's given them a chance, and those are the, the teams that you're scared of because sometimes you get a little overconfident and, and you don't have a healthy respect of, of what they can do. And I mean, they just all they need is one more surprise, one more big game, and they're Super Bowl champions. Thanks for uh, taking some time tonight, Rob. We'll see you at the rink on Thursday. Sounds good. Rob Brown, our Oilers in-game analyst here on 630. Ched, awesome to talk to Rob. We are going to take a time out. When we come back, we'll get to some more of your text messages. We'll look around at the NHL. We'll hear some comments from Todd McClellan as well. Uh, Adam Larson will not play on Thursday. We'll tell you why when we get back here on Inside Sports. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. 
Talbot bringing us back on Inside Sports. Brendan Ulrich with you in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Cam Talbot saying the Oilers are going to make the playoffs in an interview with uh, Mark Spector. Here's what Todd McClellan had to say after practice today about maybe the fact that the coaching staff, or if the coaching staff is crunching the numbers, looking at all the uh, scenarios. Here's what McClellan had to say. Well, I think that's a futile task because we can't predict what's going to happen in the future with uh, the opponents that we're chasing and and who's uh, in and around us. Uh, Our time and energy has been spent on uh, working on our team and trying to improve in a number of different areas so we have a chance to chase some of those teams and that's how we've approached it um, you know everybody has um, an idea of how many points it might take uh, it varies from year to year and um, with the three-point games the task just gets tougher um, so we don't uh, spend a lot of time and energy on that uh, it's about getting to work and and uh, trying to improve so that we give ourselves a chance that's Todd McBell he also talked about Adam Larson who was not at practice today he won't play on Thursday either. Adam's not going to be available on Thursday. He's got a family thing going on, and um, this is the last time we'll talk about it uh, out of respect to Adam's family and his need for uh, some time and space right now. So he won't play. Uh, I'm not going to answer any more of those questions until he does play, but I do respect your question. So Larson out on Thursday. That's your Oilers report. It's brought to you by Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day. Nisku Ford above expectations. The Oilers return on Thursday. The NHL is back, though, tonight. 12 games around the NHL. We'll get to uh, a scoreboard update here in a second. The Anaheim Ducks. 2-0 right now over the Boston Bruins. The Bruins riding an 18-game point streak. The Ducks out to a 2-0 lead after 40. The Devils up 1-0 on the Sabres. The Devils trying to snap a four-game losing skid. The Panthers up 2-0 on the Islanders. Pittsburgh and San Jose nodded at two apiece after 40. So not good news thus far around the NHL for the Oilers. The Ducks up 2-0 on Boston. The Sharks tied at 2, looking like they may get a point in Pittsburgh. Ottawa tied 1-1 with Carolina. Magnus PRV making his uh, Ottawa debut in that one. The Wild, even at one apiece with the Blue Jackets after 40. St. Louis and a Montreal scoreless after 20. Chicago up 1-0 on the Preds. The Bolts up 1-0 on the Jets. Jacob Truba not in the lineup for the Jets. He's out six to eight weeks. Tampa Bay, though, a big shocker here, getting Victor Hedman back in the lineup tonight. He was expected to miss, I think, six weeks. He's back after three. We also have L.A. up 1-0 on Dallas. That one's midway through the first. Uh, Later tonight, Calgary home to the Golden Knights. And the Avs are in Vancouver. Tyson Berry back for the Avs tonight. That means he'll be in the lineup when the Avs travel to Edmonton for Thursday night's game. That's your out-of-town scoreboard around the NHL. You can text us at 630-630. Lots coming in here on the Super Bowl. Are you sick of Tom Brady? Do you care about the Super Bowl at all? What's the big storyline heading into this game? Is there even one? We're going to talk about that with Morley Scott. He is the Eskimos play-by-play voice because he is uh, sort of on the same page with me on this one. So we'll talk to uh, Morley after the 7 o'clock news. Stan Marple at 7.30 as well on Inside Sports.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.